everyone. Welcome to the Subscribe Newscast, where you are bound to learn some new political information and impress your friends with your newfound political knowledge. My name is Jade Ellis. I am a junior at UCCS studying political science and philosophy with a pre-law minor, and I am also the opinion and lobby editor at The Scribe. Basically, I can be your political guru and navigate you through some big topics if you let me. This week, we'll be covering a controversial topic, marijuana legislation. As many know, the infamous State 420 invites many to partake in recreational smoking, but many do not know the origins that allow them to legally partake in this nationwide holiday. So, let's go over some history. In 1906, the first attempt to federally regulate marijuana came about with the passage of the Pure Food and Drug Act. This act forced medical companies to list marijuana on their labels in order to create transparency with the public. It is important to note that cannabis was a common ingredient in these patent medicines. However, between 1914 and 1925, 26 states passed laws prohibiting the plant. These laws were viewed as uncontroversial as there was little legislative debate or public outcry. In the 1930s, the anti-narcotics officials took up the anti-marijuana case. There was still very little research or knowledge on cannabis, so many believed it to be a dangerous drug or a kind of narcotic. In 1937, the Marijuana Tax Act made its way through the legislators and passed. This act regulated the drug by requiring dealers to pay a transfer tax. Views on the drugs, however, changed during the 1960s when there was a significant rise in recreational use of pot. These new users were a younger generation, however. Subsequently, the number of state-level marijuana arrests increased significantly between 1965 and 1970. In 1968, Richard Nixon was elected president and was a staunch anti-drug spokesman. He created the War on Drugs and worked to end the use of drugs recreationally. Now, the War on Drugs is a completely different story and contains many discriminatory politics of its own. I do not really have time to go into depth on this issue, but I urge anyone that's curious to do your own research to find out who is truly targeted by this legislation. I'll give you a little hint, however. It was not white people. In 1970, Congress passed the Comprehensive Drug Abuse Prevention and Control Act, which placed marijuana in the most restrictive category of drugs, Schedule 1, having no legal use in medical practice. Other Schedule 1 drugs included heroin, LSD, and peyote. They were considered with no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. However, in the Schedule II category, which drugs were considered less damaging, it included Vicodin, cocaine, methamphetamines, methadone, oxycodone, fentanyl, Adderall, and Ritalin. By 1977, in the era of Just Say No, the use of cannabis seemed very commonplace. President Jimmy Carter even called for the decriminalization of marijuana. Carter pointed out in a message to Congress in 1977 that anti-marijuana laws caused more harm to marijuana users than the drug itself. However, with each new president, it seemed that a new drug protocol would come into place. In 1986, Reagan called for the implementation of drug testing to ensure that schools and workplaces remained drug-free. He feared decriminalization and was facing another drug epidemic, crack cocaine. A 1998-2004 study by the National Youth Anti-Drug Media Campaign proved these anti-drug campaigns false, 
as it found that $1.2 billion for these anti-drug federal initiatives were not effective in reducing drug use and may have even had the reverse effect on some youth by sparking teens' curiosity to try these drugs and others. In 1933 through 1995, 22 states and eventually the federal government passed the Three Strikes Law, which provided for the possibility of a life sentence for nonviolent third strike felonies. This led to dire prison sentences for marijuana-related crimes. There was still a considerable public dispute for these laws, and many pushed for decriminalization. This was first seen in California in 1996 when Proposition 215 passed, allowing for the sale and medical use of marijuana for patients with AIDS, cancer, and other serious and painful life-threatening diseases. During the early 2000s, many countries legalized marijuana for medical use. For example, in 2001, Canada legalized medicinal cannabis use, while Luxembourg and Portugal decriminalized marijuana fully in the same year. Then we can start to see a little bit of a shift in the legislation. In 2012, Washington State and Colorado legalized recreational use of cannabis for people over the age of 21. However, cannabis was and still is federally illegal. It is still considered a Schedule I drug, again, the most dangerous category under federal law and specifically under the Controlled Substances Act. Starting in 2010 and continuing today, many states pushed the decriminalization of marijuana. Today, there are 16 states in Washington, D.C. that have legalized recreational use of marijuana. These states are Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Illinois, Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Nevada, Oregon, Vermont, and lastly, Washington. I'm sorry that it may sound like I was just spewing names at you, but we've got a couple more to go here. In addition to these 16 states, 19 other states have legalized cannabis for medicinal use. These states are Arkansas, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Hawaii, Louisiana, Maryland, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Utah, Virginia, and West Virginia. It is important to note that the specifics of cannabis usage, such as how much you can legally have, where you can smoke, and other details vary from state to state, and even from city to city. For example, in Colorado Springs, recreational dispensaries are not available, but there are medical dispensaries for those with their medical card. However, in our neighboring town of Manitou Springs, recreational dispensaries are open. Again, only for the people over the age of 21. Though the cannabis industry is booming, and many have flocked to these states for the so-called green rush, there is still an estimated 40,000 people today incarcerated for marijuana-related offenses. So, as another 420 has gone and many have participated, please be aware of the legislation in your area for cannabis use. Fight for justice for those who are incarcerated for drug-related charges in your states where cannabis has been decriminalized. Lastly, Enjoy cannabis responsibly and in accordance with your local and state regulations. History, facts, and other statistics were used in this newscast from the following. Origins at OSU on the illegalization of marijuana by Stephen Stiff. The United States Department of Health. A Forbes article entitled, With 40,000 Americans Incarcerated for Marijuana Offenses, the Cannabis Industry Needs to Step Up by Joan Olek. Here are the states that have legalized weed in the United States. 
by Sarah Rents in an Esquire magazine article. And lastly, a survey of marijuana in the United States and a history of marijuana regulation in the United States from the Alexander Campbell King Law Library out of the University of Georgia School of Law. Thank you everyone for tuning in this week. It has been such an honor to teach you about the 420 debate and where it's going. Questions about the issue or any other comments, please reach out to me at jellis2 at uccs.edu. That is J-E-L-L-I-S-2 at uccs.edu. To stay up to date on news like this, follow the scribe on Instagram at uccsscribe. That is at uccsscribe. And check out our website, scribe.uccs.edu. Listen to the Subscribe newscast every weekday, same time, same place. Talk to you guys later.